Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining us for this Thursday edition of the Lombardi Line on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, alongside former NFL general manager Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bon and Tony with you. Hopefully we can get Michael to hear us here in a moment, but uh, we do have a big show on tap in about 30 minutes. VEASAN's own Mike Somich, professional handicapper and VEASAN host. He's going to join us, give us some of his best bets for Thursday night football that's coming up later today, uh, as well as the weekend card in the NFL with week 10 kicking off. And the final half hour of the show, like we do every single Thursday. VP of Operations here at Circa Resort and Casino, where I broadcast from. Mike Palm going to join us in studio. Michael, glad you can hear us. How are we doing today? We are good. We are doing really good. Week 10 kicks off. Man, it's going too fast, Stormy. I must confess, Stormy, I must confess. They ruled me back in. They, they pulled me back in last night. I mean, it's disgraceful. I apologize. But they did it to me again last night. I don't know why I'm back in, but I am. But, you know, they are a better team. They look well coached and they played hard. And so I am going to have to go to rehab in January. You'll miss me for a while when I go into 76-year rehab, (laughs) but I'm back. Wow. Those are that is I didn't expect to start the show with that, Michael. You are officially back. Guys, I can't hear her now. Oh, no. Oh, dang. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties today. Hopefully, Michael will be able to hear us consistently in a moment. But the 76ers, for anybody who missed it yesterday, a big 106-103 win over the Boston Celtics. And Michael, just just like he was just talking about, I think I'm out. They bring me back in. So... Um, but let's get back to a little bit of the Thursday night talk while we're waiting for Michael. Um, as producer Elliot said, when I walked into the studio today, we've got a banger on tap tonight. And hopefully that doesn't mean we're banging our heads against the wall with the lack of offensive opportunities in this game. But the Carolina Panthers paying a visit to the Chicago Bears. They're getting three and a half points, total 38 and a half. And this was a game where we saw it reach as high as four points with the thought process that Justin Fields might end up back in the fold from that dislocated thumb injury that he might start. Officially listed as doubtful now, despite Matt Eberflus telling reporters this week that he would not play. And for anybody who missed this exchange, I highly recommend you just go on Twitter, go on Google, find the clip from the press conference where there's a lot of confusion in the room because the reporters are just like, wait, but you, you just said that he, so he's not going to play against the Panthers. And he said, no, We're like, okay, well then why is he doubtful instead of being listed as out? He says it's 51%. It, it was just a very, very weird exchange, but Michael, nonetheless, Justin Fields will not be available um, for the game coming up tonight. What are some of yeah. your general thoughts on Thursday night? Well, I mean, let's start with that, that whole thing. I heard you talking through as we were kind of adjusting everything here. The, the reality of it is, is the line moved because Fields was going to play, right? I mean, this is a team where I think you have to get past the the whole notion of uh, of the Bears being a horrible team. They've actually played really good defense. They've given up 15 points over the last 
four or five games. They've been good. That you cannot run the ball. They're the best run defense in the National Football League. Nobody would know that, right? So for the Panthers to win, they're going to have to throw the ball. And then when Fields came back, it made sense that the line was ticking up. And then all of a sudden, he's not back. And I think that question that the reporter asked of Eberflus is fair. Like, if he's out, why wouldn't you just list him? Now, you know, what happens to these you whatever they're called, the thumb injury, UCLs or whatever they are. I'm not a doctor, but the reality of it is, is, you know, he can't hold the ball and he can't really grip it. And when you can't do that, like what happened with Matthew Stafford, it becomes a problem. And it's only going to be 48 degrees in Chicago when the ball gets kicked off tonight. So it's not going to be like the cold's going to affect him. But clearly he can't hold the hold the ball. And if you can't hold the ball and you are prone to turnovers like Fields, you, you probably shouldn't play. Correct. And I mean, I think with it being cold, too, that's probably not the ideal conditions for trying to have a better grip on the football. So instead, we're going to get the Tyson Bajan experience yet again. Interesting in this game, we're going to have the number one overall pick out of the University of Alabama taking on an undrafted rookie from a Division II school in Shepard University. But that's what we're getting tonight. And yet still, it's probably going to be a battle of who just doesn't throw three interceptions tonight, Michael. Both of these guys coming off three yeah. pick performances. Bryce Young throwing a pair of pick sixes and the Bears probably could have had it not even probably they would have won that game against the Saints had they not turned the ball over five times no question and you know the Panthers could have easily won the game last week I mean the Colts typically move the ball on anybody on the best defense in football the Colts were able to move the football effectively remember when they went up and down the field against the Cleveland Browns in that game but they turned the ball over. In this game, the, the Panthers' defense held them to 198 yards. And this Bears' defense, you know, the, the Saints have been on a little bit of a tear offensively, right? They've been able to move the ball effectively against two bad, you know, against two bad teams, but still they were moving the football and scoring points. And the Bears were able to hold them on the ground. So I, I think the under, as we know, typically on primetime games is in play here. But, you know, not having fields, if this is badgeant can't turn it over and neither can young and for frank wright's offense he's going to have to find ways to make plays in the passing game without having to run the football they're going to run miles sanders today who averages 3.3 a carry and you're going to see foreman running the football on panthers who ran it for the panthers last year yeah, I know there was a lot of hope that maybe Khalil Herbert would be available back today to share the load. But according to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, he is not expected to go. But yeah, Deontay Foreman, I'm sure he's excited to go against his former team. He's been playing really, really well in an opportunity against a Panthers run defense that has been pretty bad this year. So I think we're going to see that on both sides of the ball here. You mentioned the unders. Primetime unders this season, 21-7, and 10-1 since week six. Um, so over 75% for primetime unders, 61% the last five years in general, the way that these things have gone. And I actually, too, Michael, was looking at the first half under in this game because, like you said, we anticipate some running of the football in this spot. For both of these teams, the pace of play in the first half is anywhere from 25th to 32nd in the NFL. They play a little bit slower to yeah. start, and then you know you anticipate whatever team is down, kind of chasing and trying to and trying to up that pace a little bit in the second half. So the first half total is 19 and a half, and that's what I put a bet in on this morning. And that makes sense, right? Because I, I do think when you shape the game in your head and you look at it, you say, how are the Bears? Uh, how are the Panthers going to move the football effectively? Well, they're going to have to rely on short passes. I mean, the discrepancy between Thielen and his 60 catches and Mingo and his 20, like where are they going to get plays from? And they haven't been able to run the football. I mean, the front of the Bears has stopped the run. They play an eight-man front, so they're able to take that away. And so this game's going to come down to Bryce Young executing against a zone concept defense where he's got to look off the receivers. He's got to be able to look one way, throw the ball the other way, and not turn it over. You know, he's capable of doing that. I just have not liked this Panther offense since Reich's been there. The way this offensive line has played has not been good. And last year it was the strength of their team. Not run pass blocking, but run blocking. I mean, they got Foreman going. They were able to win seven games last year because they ran the football, reduced the game, and played good defense. Not great, but good defense. How much of that do you attribute um, to is – it, is it coaching or is it just the offensive line being bad? Um, it's been an uphill battle regardless. 
I mean, I think it's a lot of it is look when he when Frank went to when he went to Indianapolis, you know, he changed line coaches, and all of a sudden the, that Colts line went from really bad from good to really bad. I mean, we've seen it happen before, and when you break him down and you look at what he's been able to accomplish, I mean, in the last, uh, I think you know, in the last what I want to say, I, I saw this number. He's the last ten games he's coached, Stormy. He's six and four, you know, straight up on short rest, and he doesn't really handle it. He's two, he's two and six against the spread. But I think more than anything, when you watch him and you watch him coaching in games, like I, this offense that he has a reputation for. Here's the number I wanted to give to you: Reich's, you know, the last ten games he's one nine and one against the spread. And the other part that I think is rather interesting is the fact that the, the, the betting public, the public is making money this year at a 57% rate. So if you take the Bears and lay the points, and that's the public side, but it looks to me like going into the day, the Panthers are the public side. I mean, everybody seems to be on the Panthers in terms of 71% of the bets and 59% of the tickets. I think something that people aren't taking into account as much, Michael, is something that you said off the very top of this segment that the Chicago Bears defense is a lot better than people have given it credit for yep. lately. And we talked yesterday, your pro tip was to be looking at maybe a four-game sample size versus the full season. And I think the Chicago Bears are a great example of that because they've really gotten healthy on that side of the ball and it's changed things for them. No question. I mean, when you you have to go back. I mean, the Kansas City game, they were a disaster. They were not healthy in that game. So the Commanders game, they were healthy. The Commanders moved the ball, but that game was over. So you have to throw those stats out of there, right? Though Those stats are meaningless in the Commanders game because they were dominating that game. They hold the Vikings to 220 yards. It was ugly, but the Vikings won, but they held them to 220. That was the game Fields gets hurt and Badgett has to come in and turns it over. They play the Raiders. Nothing. Brian. I mean, now they had Brian Hoyer, 235. The Chargers, that was a hard game for them because the Chargers could throw the ball, which is how you have to attack them. They gave up 352, but they only gave up 54 yards on the ground. And then last week against the Saints, they only gave up 87 yards on the ground and 217 overall for 300 yards. I mean, they've actually played better. They just they get behind in games, and it's hard. I mean, the opponents in those games that I've mentioned, the, the Commanders scored 20. The Vikings scored 19, the Raiders scored 12, the Saints scored 24, and the Chargers scored 30. So they've played really good, and I think it's 15.5 points in those last games. We'll revisit this game a few times throughout the course of the next two hours. If you like the Bears, there are some threes out there that you can lay. If you like Carolina, obviously you're going to want the hook to take the three and a half. Total 38 and a half, and it has been one-way traffic to the under. We're going to step aside. When we come back, there are a lot of headlines out there, including one about one of the greatest NFL coaches of all time, reportedly on the hot seat, could be coaching for his job this Sunday. Is it news or noise? We'll address that and more when we come back. Back on the Lombardi line. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine and More. Please drink responsibly, V21. Is it news? Corleone is a man who insists on hearing bad news immediately. Or just noise. Are you going to act like this is news? Just noise. This is noise. Let's separate the impactful from the insignificant with one simple question. News or noise? All right, let's do it. Jumping right in here, Michael. Speculative reports from the Boston Globe and writer Ben Volin this week say Patriots head coach Bill Belichick could be coaching for his job, particularly this week in Germany, if they come back with a 2-8 and eight record and lose to the Colts. Belichick was asked as much multiple times by reporters this week if he believes that's the case or if he was given any assurances from owner Robert Kraft that he wouldn't be replaced during the season. His response, as Belichick as ever. Take a listen. Yeah, my focus is on getting ready for the Colts. Do you personally believe that you could be coaching for your job this week against the Colts? I'm going to control it. I can control it and get ready for the Colts. And, yep, that is very, very Belichickian answer. So news or noise, Michael, Belichick coaching for his job in Germany this week. Well, they've made it news. There's no question about it. I mean, for a man who's won six Super Bowls, you know, he's under a hotter seat than Ron Rivera is. And Matt Eberflus, we didn't even, we just did a whole segment on the Bears. We never brought up Eberflus being on the hot seat or Ryan Poles, but yet we're going to talk about a guy who's won six Super Bowls. I, I think it is news. Now, I think no one's directly contacted Robert Kraft, who's the only man who really knows whether this is news or noise. And the fact is, is will Kraft make a decision during the season? I mean, my question is, and I said this on the podcast, Kraft really has one fundamental question to ask, is does he still believe in Bill? And if he doesn't, does it matter when he makes the change? Or if he does, he needs to come out and say that. I mean, and so that'll be the bye week. And there's a lot of things that typically get cleared up in the bye, usually you go and spend time with everybody in the organization on the bye week because you have more time. The players aren't around. You're not getting ready for the next opponent. So we shall see. I think you have to consider this news because it just won't go away. The story doesn't go. And I've been around the league long enough to know that these are th- come, this is coming from somewhere. Someone's right. wanting to control this narrative. Right, and there was also that video that kind of made the rounds this week of Kraft talking to his son Jonathan, and you overhear him say, we're just not good enough right now. And obviously, the numbers indicate as much to the negative 93 points differential, second worst in the NFL right now, averaging 15 points per game, turnover differential, fourth worst in the league. They can't run the football, penalties their bottom eight as well. So a lot of things have added up, but for one of the greatest coaches and certainly the greatest of my lifetime to be fired mid-season, that boiling point must be much higher than anyone really, really recognizes for something like that to happen and for this to be a week where he's, quote, coaching for his job. Well, unless unless Mr. Kraft wants to try to give somebody an opportunity to see. You remember, he redid Mayo's contract right. last offseason and kept him and so he could easily say, okay, look, why wait to the end of the year and part ways? Let me give Mayo a tryout and see what he can do for the team. You know, I think what he has to do is a little bit what Mark Davis did. You have to look at your team and say, 
are they really are they giving it everything they have? And the answer Mark Davis came up with was a resounding no. And so he wanted to make that decision before the Bears. I mean, they were going back to Chicago at 3-3, three and three and they wanted to make the move then. And they waited till after the Bear game, until the Detroit game. After the Bear game, they wanted to make the move. And so I think some of the players convinced them not to, to wait for the Lions game. Now, I don't think Kraft's talking to that many players, but if he decides it's better off to just give Mayo an opportunity – I don't know if you could if you could argue that you know why why does he have to wait to the end of the year to do that? And the New England Patriots are an underdog in this game, getting two points against the Colts coming up in Germany. So we'll see what happens during the bye week and if Gerard Mayo ends up being the interim guy for the final seven games of the season. Pretty crazy to think about. Uh, let's keep it going with different headlines around the NFL, Michael. After missing the required number of games with a hamstring injury, Viking star wide receiver Justin Jefferson has officially been designated to return. But while many hoped Jefferson would be ready to go this week, Kevin O'Connell says it's, quote, a little aggressive to expect the wide receiver to play against the Saints. He's taken it day by day from here on out. News or noise, should Vikings fans be worried Jefferson still needs more time? Well, I mean, I think he probably does. You know, he does need more time. But I think if you're a Viking fan, what the news really is is how well your defense has played over the last six weeks. I mean, when you take into account their first win in Carolina, how well they played defensively, to each of the last game against the Falcons, how well they played. They've won five of six. The only loss came against the Chiefs. And really, there's only been two teams that have scored points on them. The Chiefs scored 27. Atlanta scored 28. They've played really good for a lot of players that you don't even know who's on their team. They've done a great job. They've been able to, to kind of keep themselves in the game. And one of the things that they have to be really careful of moving forward is they're fumbling, right? Minnesota has fumbled 17 times already this year. They've lost 12. And their starting quarterback, Joshua Dobbs, is a fumbler. He's fumbled 11 times all season with the Cardinals, and he fumbled three times in his debut. So they, they if they're going to go back to where they started the season, losing to Tampa, losing to Philly, losing to the Chargers, because they fumbled, they got to protect themselves with Dobbs. Yeah, got to hold on to the football. Getting three points this week against the New Orleans Saints. Now, the San Francisco 49ers, Michael, obviously trying to work themselves out of what's been a funk. They want to get back to the team that started the season 5-0, and and the offense can't take all of the blame. We've talked about that a lot on this show. San Francisco's defense the first five weeks, first in the NFL in points allowed per game, third in yards allowed, fifth in defensive expected points added, and sixth in takeaways. Over the last three prior to the bye, dropped to 24th, 30th, 31st, and tied for 13th in those categories, respectively. Now, they've elected to move defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes from the booth down to the sideline. News or noise, will Wilkes on the sideline make a difference? I think it will. I think that's news. And I don't think it's news. I think he needs to get his fingers into the pie. It's tough to be able to get spark and and get the players to play at a higher level than when you're up in the box, right? You know, it's easier to see the game from up there, but it's more to be able to motivate the team from down there. And look, they've given up a ton of yards in the last two weeks. I mean, whether it's Minnesota or Cincinnati, even Cleveland with P.J. Wright, I mean, at quarterback. I mean, it wasn't very good either. They they got 174 yards, 160 yards running on them. I mean, teams have run the football on them. I fully expect the Niners to be back and play better defensive. I think they'll go back to their – original scheme. I think they'll try to play less man coverage. I think they'll play more zone. I think they'll be back to where they were with D'Amico Ryans and not try to get involved in a man game and rely on their four-man pressure to get there. And I think that's one of the things they have going for them. Remember this, Trevor Lawrence, they're playing in Jacksonville this week. Lawrence is a better road quarterback than at home. He's a better road quarterback than at home. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. And if he has a hard time, if you put pressure on him, and this is what the Niners have to do. And for the 49ers, I think that their buy came at a perfect time working for them to get healthy. Meanwhile, the Jags, they're on this five-game win and cover streak. You kind of want to keep that train moving. So maybe the buy coming at a bad time for a team like Jacksonville as well. Um, okay, Kyler Murray expected to start for the Arizona Cardinals this week against the Falcons. And over his career, Murray's legs have been pretty much just as important as his arm has been to this point. Coming off of the ACL injury, offensive coordinator Drew Petzing was asked if there was a limit going to be placed on utilizing. Murray in the run game. Here's Petzing's response. 
Um, I wouldn't. I would ultimately no. I mean, he's healthy. He's ready to go. We're going to put him in a position to be successful. I think that's always the nature when you have a franchise quarterback and you see that around the league when they are very mobile. There's an injury risk that's associated with that. So we have to manage that as all teams with the elite quarterbacks do. Um, but he's going to do what puts us in the best position to win the game. News or noise, they expect Murray to run like he normally does. I think that's that that's news, but I don't expect him to run like he typically always does. I mean, last year, you know, he had 67 rushing attempts. The year before, in 14 games, he had 88. So he's had 381 rushing attempts in his career over four years. The only year that he ran the ball quite a bit was in thir- was in 20 when he had 133 rushing attempts for almost 1,000 yards. He had 819 yards that year. So I, I think to me, you know, and he averaged 6.2 yards a carry. I, I don't see that happening. I don't see that. I think you're going to see him cut back down. I think, uh, you know, typically what you'll see is six rushes, five rushes, none of them designed all of them on the ad lib nature. And I think that's the way he's got to approach it. You've got to do a good job of rushing the pocket on this player, right? I mean, let's be honest here. You know, last year he missed six games. The year before that, he missed three games. So the last two years, he's missed some games because of injuries. And they've got to do a better job of protecting them. And he's got to protect himself like Lamar does. Lamar doesn't take many hits. I mean, the guy that you really want to watch that avoids hits like crazy is Tyreek Hill. Never takes a direct hit. We've got to take a quick break here. Arizona getting two against the Falcons this weekend. And you do, you have to imagine a little bit of rust we're going to see from Kyler Murray here in his first outing just in general. Mm-hmm. When we come back, Mike Somich, VSIN host, professional handicapper, he's going to join the show, give his thoughts on Thursday night football and best bets for week 10 in the NFL. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. You'll get a daily email recapping all of the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VSIN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. You can also check on the top VSIN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI. See which expert has the hot hand. For VSIN Pro picks, betting splits, betting guides, plus 24 7 video access, come join us. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now. You'll get access to everything we do through May 1st. For only 120 bucks at vcin.com slash subscribe. This is the Lombardi line on vcin alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you, and back in his regular Thursday spot, the one and only Mike Somich, professional handicapper, vcin host of The Handle every Saturday and Sunday from 4 to 7 Pacific, 7 to 10 Eastern. And you are back from the track last week, which it sounds like you had a pretty good weekend too. So welcome back. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, of course. It was a lot of fun down at Santa Anita. Got two great racing days, a ton of close photo finishes. I was fortunate enough to be right in the first five races on Saturday. So it was a profitable weekend from a betting perspective. Could have gone a little better in the tournament. I had a chance to win about 800,000, but uh, unfortunately a horse didn't run quite as well as I would have liked in the second to last race, but still all in all an absolute blast. Great seeing everyone out there. Absolutely love the horse racing tournament community. So it's great to, to be able to be at the track when you can. All right. So now let's go to week 10. And you got a dandy on hand here. We got basically everybody knows to play the under, especially with Badgett and Bryce Young and their struggling offenses and the defenses that have played pretty good. What do you like tonight in terms of this game? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to join that under train, Michael. Uh, I, I played the under here at 38 and a half. I still like it at 38, which is a lot of lot of, which is where it's at a lot of places around town right now. I liked Stormy's look on the first half under 19 and a half as well. So I have a bet in there and this really comes down to these two quarterbacks. You got Young and Badgett who both really struggle with turnovers. Neither are producing <laughs> explosive plays. You got two teams that would love to run the ball specifically in the first half just try and keep this game close and see if they can make it a four-quarter game. So I I have a play on the under here at 38. I do think this is a really interesting game from a market perspective. So the look ahead here was one and a half. We saw Bears go up to three and a half midweek, and I was waiting to see the quarterback news because with Fields in here, I had this game lined at Bears minus five. With Badgett, I can't get to three and a half. Any way I try and manipulate the numbers here, I have it Bears minus one or minus two. And so as, as, you know, as, Awful as it is to bet the Panthers, and I've done it a couple times <laughs> this year, I'm going to go back to the well with Panthers plus three and a half here too. I just, I can't get to over a field goal with these two teams. And I realize the Bears defense has been playing better. I actually upgraded them pretty significantly over the last couple weeks. I thought they played very well considering the five turnovers against New Orleans. 
But I just don't expect very many points in here. And so that three and a half, specifically the hook, makes it a play for me. I've got more on the under. I've got less on the side. But to me, this is an under and dog situation. I thought that last week when Carolina was playing the Indianapolis Colts, that that would be such a golden opportunity for them to get right and kind of get the offense moving and on track. And they weren't able to do that. So I have a little bit of a challenge feeling confident that the Carolina Panthers can cover a number. But to your point, like also, should the Bears really be favored by more than a field goal against anybody at this point? I don't know. The spread had to be a stay away for me, Mike, just because I couldn't I couldn't talk myself into it one way or another. So at least I know tonight I'll be rooting for you and and to get to get the plus points there from that team. I have something to root for now. Thank you. Well, no problem, Stormy. Just just here to help out. And honestly, like sometimes in betting, when you don't want to do something, is the best time to bet that team because that means that no one really wants to do it. And it's interesting with the splits here as well because the splits are are a little deceiving in this game specifically because we saw a lot of money early on the Bears and then we saw a ton of Panthers money but a lot of that Panthers money and those Panthers tickets came at four and a half and four when they announced that Beijing was in there or when they announced officially Beijing was in there so sometimes in these situations the splits can be a little bit deceiving because there have been so much money movement and this number has fluctuated quite a bit that you're seeing pros come in on really both sides of this just at different times and you're seeing the ticket count come in at high volume at different times as well. So this is one of those games where I'd be a little bit careful with the betting splits. It's hard to really nail down what side is sharp and what side is public just because of how much this line has moved. But we do know the primetime unders are 22 and seven. So it's a good play. And even though they adjust them and it goes down, the numbers seem to always want to kind of circle back down. Now, a public play line opened at one and a lot of money has come in and still comes in on Detroit. And you're going to stay on the public side, which is frankly been 57 percent this year. If you're on the public side, which means more than 51 percent of the bets, you've making 50, you're making 50 percent of your money. So that's a good gig. But you like Detroit on the public side here. I do. And this is one of the reasons why the last hour on Sunday from six to seven Pacific, nine to uh, nine to 10 Eastern on the handle, I think is a a must watch. If you're betting football with Matt and I, we gave this game out at minus one and a half for the Lions on Sunday. So we were part of that move to push this up to three. I still like the Lions here at three. It's an interesting travel spot because the Lions are coming off a bye. And generally you think, okay, we've got a a Midwest team heading West. This is not a great spot for them, but in this case, it's actually a pretty good spot for Detroit. And it's a bad spot here for the Chargers who played on Monday night in New York. So they've got a short week flying across the country. I'll take Ben Johnson and his offense over Staley any day of the week. And this Detroit defense has played well as well. So to me, this is a good spot to be laying the three here with Detroit. And I just, I don't trust the Chargers still. And that win against the Jets doesn't really change my opinion on that. That was created more by turnovers and a big punt return early in the first quarter. So I, I didn't upgrade the Chargers at all off that Monday night win because of how they won the game. It just was not a situation where the Jets ever had a chance. Once they're down 14, they're not coming back against that. So to me, this is one of those spots where I like the Lions. I think this offense is going to be ready to roll. And I just don't trust the Chargers on a shorter week trying to coach against one of the better staffs. Yeah, I'm with you. And the Chargers win that game by 21, but they were outgained in the game. And Justin Herbert, who we all talk about as being this lighted up type quarterback with his lowest passing yards performance of his entire career. So um, another game that you're looking at, and since we're all on the unders train in general, why not just do it again? (laughs) But you're looking at the under in this Indianapolis Colts, New England Patriots game in Germany. Those 9.30 a.m. Eastern starts have been 4-0 to the under this season. And you think that that's going to continue? Yeah, let's keep the train rolling here. This is the one I gave out uh, in my VEASAN article on Tuesday. I took the under 44. I still, still think there's room to move here. I set this line at 41 and a half. So still a point and a half toward the under and 42, a key number with totals as well. So still like the under here at this spot. Look, this Colts offense just hasn't been very good, specifically when they're away from home. That 27 was a little bit of a faulty score against Carolina last week. They had two pick sixes in that game. You're rarely going to see that. And again, this is a situation where I don't trust either of these quarterbacks to be able to effectively move the football consistently up and down the field. I was surprised this game wasn't another one that was in the low 40s as a total. Uh, Patriots wide receiver group still absolutely beat up. You've got the the flying across the, the globe aspect of this as well. So bad travel for both teams. Uh, to me, this is this is under 43 all day. Excited to get that number above 42. Yeah, and, and then everybody loves Mike Tomlin as a dog, but now he's a three-point favorite with the line ticking up, and the numbers quite aren't, aren't always the same, and he's got the Steelers coming in, and we know Jordan Love has struggled mightily in terms of covering, and the Steelers have only allowed – I mean, they haven't allowed over 20 points in the last four weeks offensively, so – 
What do you like in this game? I'm going back to the well with the Steelers here. I had them on Thursday night against Will Levis and the Tennessee Titans. They were able to get uh, get me to the window there, winning by four when we were laying three. And I'm happy to do it again in this situation. To me, really a similar style here. You've got a young quarterback. Love's not a rookie, but his first year starting. I know Green Bay is off the bye, but the Steelers here have extra time to prepare as well. And the Steelers' offense has looked slightly better the last couple weeks. Now, I still don't love the play calls from Matt Canada, what he's doing on first and second down with the runs, but they have been effectively moving the football. We got to get Pickett to be able to stop turning the football over. That's a big key. But this all comes down to the Steelers' defense and being able to play at home. I just don't trust Jordan Love to go on the road against this pass rush and be able to consistently move the football down the field. He's really struggled whenever he has pressure. He's 31st in the NFL when you look at PFF against pressure rate. He's going to get a bunch of that here with this Steelers defense. I think they're going to be able to hold Green Bay down. It's another situation where it feels like the market actually upgraded this Green Bay team off that 20-3 to victory against the L.A. Rams, and that was all the L.A. Rams doing. That was not a very good offensive performance there from Green Bay. They're going to have to put up 20 points to be able to cover this three. I don't think they're getting anywhere near 20 points in this situation. So I'll lay the three with the Steelers here. I realize Tomlin not as good when he's a favorite, but this is still a great situation for this defense to be able to get right and get the job done against what's really been a lackluster offense all season. Yeah, I've gone back and forth on this game a couple times, Mike, and I think I'm going to end up on the same side as you. And as somebody who has a Steelers season win total over, I would certainly think they need this game. So let's get there. Um, We've only got about (laughs) 60 seconds left, but I, I didn't realize that you're a Miami Dolphins fan. What's your outlook on the team this year when they can't beat the over 500 squads? What's going on? Well, look, this isn't anything new. I've been talking about this for a year. Last year, they only beat two teams over 500, and both of those were faulty finals. They beat Baltimore, but they were down 14 in the fourth quarter, and they beat the Bills 21-19 at home, but the Bills uh, doubled them up on yards gained in that spot. This has been a problem for this Miami Dolphins team for a while. When they get pressure, this offense just falls apart, and, and it's just as simple as, I don't think two is that clutch. I don't think that he can handle it when he's on the move. And that creates a real problem. Now, the defense this year is a lot better than last year. And this defense is going to consistently get better as we get further into the season and they get healthy. Love Holland, love Ramsey, love Phillips. But there's not, they just can't prove it. They just go out there and that offense can't move the football when they're playing good defenses. So to me, the key is, can Tua figure out how to move the football off schedule? It's something you struggle with for two years and I, I just haven't seen anything that shows me he can. You're the best. Thanks for doing this, Mike. You Thanks, got it. Mike. Have a good Appreciate weekend, Stormy. You. Have a good one, Michael. You too. Follow him on X at Bomb 18 and make sure you tune in to The Handle every weekend right here on VSIN and DraftKings Network. We'll be right back on the Lombardi Line. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this week, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VEGAS when you sign up. That's all you got to do. DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. There were a lot of standout performances in week nine, and that's good and bad. So now Michael and I are going to go through a couple of those performances and determine if it'll be a different game or more of the same here in week 10. So, Michael, let's start with the Jets, because as somebody who (laughs) bought in on New York at plus 12 and a half live in the game, because I kept on seeing the Chargers Offense stall. The defense was standing up. Do all nothing. You, all you got to do is, you know, score a touchdown or two. Maybe just like that's all you got to do. You can do it, Zach Wilson. I have faith in you. They could not. It was another really, really tough performance, Michael. Um, only points of the game came on field goals. They were three of 17 on third down conversions. Over in the red zone. Turned the ball over three times. Zach Wilson was sacked eight times. Different game or more of the same in Vegas against a Raiders defense that gained some confidence last week. Well, I mean, with the Jets' offense, it's always going to be more of the same. I mean, they've had two games, well, three games. The Buffalo game in the opener, they made the big run. Brace Hall had a great run. And then against the Broncos, they ran for 234 yards, right? I mean, so they've never had 20 first downs in any game so far this season. But when they play against the lower level of competition in terms of the Raider defense, they might be able to run the ball. And that's what they need to do. Zach Wilson doesn't want to throw it because he doesn't want to turn the ball over. He doesn't want to take the wrath of, oh, my gosh, I I don't want to get yelled at for turning the ball over. But they've turned it over five times in the last two weeks since the bye week. And, frankly, they should be on a three-game losing streak. They should have lost to Philly, and they definitely should have lost to the Giants with the 99.4% of probability winning. But I think we'll get more of the same. The under is going to be in play here, and the Jets' defense is going to have to score. The Jets' defense hasn't created a turnover since their bye week. They're going to have to create one with Aiden O'Connell playing quarterback for the Raiders. It just blows my mind. Every time that you think Zach Wilson should start gaining a little bit of comfort in the offense, it ends up not being the case. And you said it perfectly that he's trying not to turn the ball over with the interceptions, but he's turning the ball over anyway. So, like, pick your poison. It's still happening regardless. So... Um, how- right, but and and he's not going to get. And one thing too, we know is he's not going to get benched. I mean, you know, he's not going to get. Last year, he got benched for whoever they could put in there. This year, for some reason, there's this resistance <clears throat> to put him on the bench. I mean, last last year they had no problem throwing him to the wolves. This year, I mean, he's on W. He's on the fans saying, "Well, I plead the fifth. He won't <laughs> say what he wants to do. So I don't know where Wilson has gotten this. <clears throat> confidence or the lack of firing ability but he has it and so I don't know why he's worried about it I mean even if he throws an interception you're not going to get benched and I don't think anybody's standing on the soapbox saying Trevor Simeon is the answer but I think what we all are agreeing on is that Zach Wilson is not um so exactly they they should have they every Simeon at least Simeon might be able to complete a few passes other than screens I think everybody's just scratching their heads as to why when you had an opportunity to go out and get somebody to at least be that 
you know, gap filler before you get Aaron Rodgers back. If you get him back, if that's your goal, right, is to be a playoff team and have the opportunity to get your star back, you should have probably made a move in that standpoint. But um, obviously they did not, and this is where they sit right now, plead in the fifth. How about the Seattle Seahawks, who took a major step back last week in a game against the Baltimore Ravens that many people, ourselves included, thought going in was going to be a closer played game, Michael. Um, ended up have this uh, this – Oh, excuse me. I think I have the wrong numbers up here. Okay, yeah. So as far as what they let the Baltimore Ravens do to them, 515 total yards allowed, 37 points, 29 first downs, Michael. Different game or more of the same for Seattle's D moving ahead against the Commanders this week. You know, we've talked about breaking the season into four games. And when you look at the last four games for the Seahawks, they're two and two. Their defense, which is a little misleading because they lose to Cincinnati and played good defense. They beat Arizona, but they covered, but it was a tough cover, if you remember correctly. And then, you know, they were able to beat the, the, the Brownies because they, the Browns turned the ball over. But the Browns, with P.J. Walker, had 385 yards. They ran for 155 yards in the game. And last week, they allowed Baltimore to run for 298. So the last three weeks, teams have run the football very effectively on them. They're the wor- one of the worst teams in the National Football League on third down defense. They're one of the worst teams in the red zone, situational. And I think Washington will move the football. Last year, they were good in red zone offense. They were good in red zone defense. They were good on third down in both areas. They're not this year. I think you're going to get more of the same. I think there's a game where the over might be in play, actually, Stormy. I think that, you know, Everybody thinks Seattle's better on defense. I'm not so sure about that because when you break them down, it just doesn't happen as well for them. And offensively, Geno's not, we know he's not the same player as he was last year. Yeah, total 45 and a half. And it is, to your point, a commander's offense that for all of their issues, too, can score points. So maybe a look at the over on that total. Let's talk more about the Ravens offense. And going back to those numbers, very balanced attack last week for Baltimore against Seattle, 217 through the air, 298 on the ground. Lamar Jackson, over 80% completions. He rushed for 60 yards. They dominated time of possession with the ball in their hands on offense for more than 40 minutes of game time en route to that 37 to three Baltimore win. Now they have a tougher task against a stout Cleveland Browns defense this week, but different game or more of the same for Baltimore who appears to be the real deal now through nine games. Right. And all the conversation about Baltimore's uh, going to throw the ball. They are throwing it more effectively. There's no question. They're eighth in the national football league in yards per attempt. And they're also second in not throwing interceptions, which is great, Right. They're 31st in passing attempts. They really don't – they're going to run it. And when they can run for over 200 yards like they did last week, they're going to take advantage of it. They ran for 298, only threw for 217. They have not had a game this season where they have run the ball for less than 125 – well, take that back, 110 yards. The Texans did the first game. So they haven't had a game like – they run the football. They can run the ball. And it's harder to run the ball on Cleveland, although they ran for 121 against Cleveland in the first game. So they were still able. They hit, Cleveland held them to 16 first downs. But what happened? Cleveland turned the ball over. And so for me, I think it'll be more of the same. I think they'll run the ball. Look, they've got two big games, right? They've played This is a, this is a three-game homestand for Baltimore. They've played Seattle one convincingly. They've got Cleveland. And next week, they on Thursday night, they've got Cincinnati. You talk about a tough schedule now. You can't look past Cleveland, but you got Cincy waiting for you on Thursday night next week. Extremely mm. tough division for sure. Ravens are three and one at home, laying six and a half in this spot. Their lone loss at home was in overtime. But you mentioned Cincinnati. The Bengals defense in week nine against the Buffalo Bills, Michael, did not let Buffalo run the ball. Just 68 yards allowed on the ground, 18 points allowed, forced a pair of turnovers. Can Luan Rumo's unit bring more of the same against the Texans, or could it be a different game facing CJ Stroud and his rapid rookie development? Well, C.J. doesn't play the same as he does on the road. I mean, if you go back and watch the Carolina game, he struggled. And look, Lou Amaromo has a great advantage here, right? He played San Francisco in Week 8. He's getting the San Francisco offense now in Week 10. So he's got a really good idea how to handle that. Now, San Francisco moved the ball, but this is a team that makes plays on the football. I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals are the number one team in the National Football League in interceptions. They're going to find a way. They'll give up yards, but they're very good in the red zone. 
and they're very good at being able to rush the passer when they play from in front. There was a reason why Zach Taylor took the ball last week. He wanted to play from in front of Buffalo. He wanted to control the pace of the game, and he did that, and he was able to do that, and then he ran the game out. So for me, I think you'll see more of the same of this Bengal defense. I think they can rush the passer effectively, and Stroud's just not the same guy. He had a great game against Jacksonville, but his numbers on the road compared to home are completely different. Okay, Cincinnati six and a half point favorite in the spot, total 47. And Michael, we had some technical difficulties off the top of the show. For the 76ers this year, you were expecting more of the same, but it's been a different game, <laughs> my guy. Six and one, that under for the season win total, yeah, not looking I, so hot to start. I don't know. If, <laughs> yeah, I know they pulled me back in last night. It's just tragic, right? And I know I'm going to have to go to rehab soon in, in Minneapolis. I'll probably be at the Swears in St. Paul or somewhere with Betty Ford. I, I, it happens all the time, but they got, but you know, I got to be honest. They, they play well. They played hard. They play good defense. There isn't that dribbler who just sucks the life out of the team and Harden and they're athletic. I, I actually thought they looked good. They almost blew a 10 point lead last night, late in the game, but they were able to close it. I love Maxi, and even big boys trying. I mean, I get to give him credit. He's trying. This is a team that's playing well and and nurse deserves it. They're on a six game win streak. Yeah. And Embiid's led the, led the team in points and rebounds every single game except for the opener where they only lost by one to the Milwaukee Bucks, Michael. Like, I'm just saying, it's nice to see you smile when you're talking about the 76ers. I'm not used to this. This is new for me. Yeah, well, I mean, it, yeah, we're, it, it could happen. <laughs> I mean, you know, it could shift on a moment. We uh, know this, but they pulled me back in. Just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. We'll be right back, back on the Lombardi line. Stay with us. This is Beast in the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 